What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Grace's Space. We're here with our special guest of the day, Twitter user at Nikita Triple Pike, but Triple doesn't have an E in it. Um, everyone say hi, Ryan. Okay, they said hi. All right, so first, let's start off with are you more of an elite fan or an NCAA fan? I'm definitely a big fan of both, but I think I enjoy watching Elite more just because I like seeing the higher level of difficulty in the routines. But NCAA is also fun to watch because they're really striving after perfection. But I would say I'm like 60% Elite, 40% NCAA. Very understandable. And then who is your favorite gymnast of all time? You can do one for each if you want, um, and then favorite team. And you can do one for both if you want. For NCAA, it's definitely Kyla Ross. I think um, just the perfection and everything that she did and her attention to detail. And like every single year, even though her gymnastics was already fantastic, just continuing to perfect everything was wonderful to watch. And then for Elite, I would say for WAG, it's Rebecca Andrade, just perfection. Um, and for Mag, Kohei Uchimura, the king. All amazing choices. Everything Kyla did in NCAA just hit different. Like, you thought it was perfect, and then she would go the next week and do it even better, and you'd be like, what the heck? Exactly. And that last fall at her last ever Cal meet, I was there live to see it, and it was just, like, the best piece of gymnastics I think she's ever done. I, you're so lucky to have witnessed that in person. I just can't. Um, and then favorite team, obviously, as a UCLA alumni, I would assume that is your favorite team. Yeah, definitely UCLA. Um, but do you have one for elite? Um, I feel like it's difficult a little bit for me, but for women's, I think right now it's Brazil with Russia kind of being out of the picture. Um, and for men's, um, I would say Japan. Yeah, Japan for men's is just insanity. <laughs> like, there's so many of them, first of all. They have so much depth and they all do crazy things. And it's like, even when the stars left, like the big names like Kohei and Kenzo, it was like, just a ton more people stepped right up and it was crazy. They're just such big innovators of the sport. I feel like they're always the ones pushing the new technique and the new difficulty. And it's like the rest of the teams are kind of left to catch up. Yeah, for sure. All right. And now the important conversation that everyone's been waiting for. What is this week's Pop-Tart? Today we will be talking about the cookies and cream Pop-Tart. So Ryan, have you tried this Pop-Tart? What are your opinions? Yes, so I didn't eat Pop-Tarts a ton growing up, but I always loved Oreos and cookies and cream ice cream. So when I had Pop-Tarts, it was the cookies and cream. And I feel like they are like a pretty sweet Pop-Tart, especially the filling is very sweet, but I kind of appreciate that the like outside bread part of the Pop-Tart, you could say, is like more of that Oreo chocolatey flavor. And so I feel like it balances out pretty well. Yeah, definitely the outside is pretty bitter. 
So especially with the inside, I feel like the inside kind of is similar to like the marshmallow part of the s'mores one, just like in terms of sweetness. So definitely needs the bitterness of the outside to balance it out. But personally, I'm just not a fan of that outside because there's just like when you get a bite and it's just like the outside and it's also kind of crunchy, it just kind of tastes like burnt. I definitely get that. I feel that way, honestly, when eating regular Oreos too. Like I need the bite with the cookie and the filling to have the complete bite. Yep. This, see, this is why I'm a golden Oreos truther, as everyone knows. I just don't like the burnt taste of like the, the cookie part, even though it's funny because it's like bitter and I'm like a bitter chocolate person. I love dark chocolate, but I don't know. Golden Oreos are better. I I am a big birthday cake Oreo person. Ooh. I love the golden Oreos, but something about the filling of the birthday cake is just like especially good. I'm always so excited when I see them at the store. Birthday cake, anything just hits so different. All right. So now for elite gymnastics. So we didn't have too much that actually happened this week. Um, but we did have the second session of men's u.s classics go on right after i uploaded last week's podcast so we definitely need to talk about that um so i think the star of the show was really danelle wittenberg um he did the riseguang two vault which is a souk full in which shouldn't it, it shouldn't be possible i'm just gonna say it shouldn't be possible and he almost stuck it um he also the men's gymnastics for USAG now has a very fun bonus system and somehow that vault got 1.78 in bonus. I don't know where that number came from. I don't know why it's so specific. Um, but I think I think it'll <laughs> I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I think um, just touching on both of those, I think Danelle had a fantastic day at Classics overall. Um, although he is an all-arounder, I kind of view his placement on the team as like more of a three-event specialist type of guy with his floor, his rings, and his vault. Um, and I think those are super useful events right now for Team USA in terms of like pushing difficulty because previously USA hasn't had a ton of difficult vaults. Normally it's just like the Kazumatsu one and a half and we have a lineup of three of those and we're done. Whereas other teams are having like Kazumatsu double fulls or like front handspring randys really pushing difficulty. So great to see um, Danelle having a great day there. And regarding the bonuses, it was kind of funny when Brett McClure came on and he was talking about the bonuses and was like, oh yeah, the athletes kind of came up with this themselves because it is so confusing. I don't know if he just didn't want to take responsibility or if it really like was something the athletes came up with. And I have mixed feelings, but I do want to say that we saw a lot more gymnasts throwing upgrades here at Classics. Um, we saw like Shane with his upgraded floor routine, and we saw Yol throwing upgrades on the three events he competed. Like obviously they were unsuccessful, but it's still very early in the season. Um, still kind of like less than halfway through the quad or about halfway. Um, so they have time to pick up the consistency and then we saw a lot more difficult vaults being done, kind of the Stanford army, we had three of them, um, 
Colt Walker, Riley Luce, and Koi Young doing their front handspring randies. Um, and we saw a couple of other difficult vaults being done as well. So I think the bonus system, we are seeing more difficulty, but I just don't know if it's enough at this point for the U.S. to really be pushing getting a team medal at Worlds, even with Russia being out. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, it definitely is really nice to see the difficulty being pushed because that that's really what's been holding them back is even when they do hit, they're not challenging for medals because they don't have the difficulty. I think um, the bonus is kind of weird. Um, Donnell's all-around score with his bonus was 85, um, and then without bonus, it was an 82, which is like a big difference, and it makes the results end up kind of being weird. But I think it's necessary in order to encourage them to actually throw the difficulty because their scores at these domestic meets kind of determines if they get funding or not. And that's why no one was throwing difficulty because they didn't want to fall and risk their funding. So I think the funding is the problem, uh, the core problem, um, and they should probably do something to fix that. But at least this is like a start to kind of getting them to be more competitive with the rest of the world. Yeah, I definitely think it's a good start with that too. And I didn't really know that about the funding. So it's really interesting to hear that. Um, and one other thing to know is that at the end of the day, the guys can always take what their normal difficulty would be if they were competing at Worlds and take the execution they got from the judges and add those together to see kind of like what they naturally would have scored. So I think the bonus in some incentive for throwing more difficulty is like ultimately a good thing, even if it's confusing for the viewers. Mm -hmm. And then, so that's about all of the meets in Elite that did happen this week. Um, but we've got Euros coming up. So this is kind of, I believe this is the last continental qualifier for Worlds to happen before Worlds. Um, so this is the biggest one. There's definitely been the most um, excitement for this. So in the big news, we've got, unfortunately for men, um, Ibrahim Kolak broke his metacarpal. So he will not be able to compete for Turkey, which is really disappointing because they were definitely um, a threat for a team medal, even maybe team gold with Russia out of the picture. So that's going to be hard for them. They won't have a problem qualifying for Worlds, but they're really going to want to hope he's back for that because this is like their time. They have such a good like core group. So it just sucks that it didn't, it's not going to probably work out for a team medal. And yeah, then, definitely, definitely disappointing there because I'm a big fan of the Turkish team. I think the energy that they bring to meets is always so much fun to watch, even with everyone on the, all the team members on the sidelines as everyone else is competing. They bring just an energy to the arena that no other team really does. So it'll be It'll be sad to kind of see Ibrahim out. Yeah. And then in terms of other notable names missing on the women's side, we have no Nina Derweil. Everyone applaud. Um, and then um, this isn't like surprising, 
but no Anastasia Motok for Ukraine. She kind of disappeared. I don't think she's coming back. Legend has it she's still setting up for her dismount at some meet in Ukraine. So unfortunately, on one foot on the beam. Forever. It's just really sad to see. Maybe one day. Some people think she's a statue at this point. (laughs) And then in other extremely sad news, Kim Bowie is retiring after this. That makes me so disappointed because I've loved watching her gymnastics like continue to evolve over the years with like some of the unique skills and combinations she does on bars and like continuing to upgrade while she's like a medical student or I don't know if she's a doctor at this point yet or still a med student but the fact that she balances all of that with gymnastics and still upgraded and competed internationally is just super inspiring so Definitely going to be sad to see her retiring after Euros, and hopefully she can snag a medal or two. Yeah, like, I just think she's, like, the coolest person ever. She's she's actually a cancer researcher right now, which is just insane that she's able to, like, do that and do elite gymnastics for this long, and I don't know. It'll just be sad. So, basically, we just have to manifest that a lot of people fall so that she can get a medal. They need to do it for her. I don't care. And Nina already knocked herself out. So thank you, Nina, one more time. Thank you. Two Nina. less flexed feet in the final and an additional chance for Kim to medal. <laughs> and then, so we can start talking about some of the more notable teams. So for Germany, it's Kim, Ellie Seats, Pauline Schaefer, which is funny because like for the like for a while I thought she wasn't competing, but she will be there to confuse us with her side semi half that I still can't wrap my mind around. And then Emma Malusi. Yeah, and Sarah Voss. Sounds like a pretty solid team. Definitely excited to see um, Ellie Seitz again with her bars set. Um, seeing what she's kind of doing this quad with that, with some of the new rules. I'd assume her routine won't change too much. Um, And yeah, also just really excited for Kim as well. Um, Did you see, oh, oh, Pauline Schaefer was one of the other names there. So excited for her beam work Um, and don't know the other two too much. Yeah, I think they're not, um, probably not going to be challengers for the finals, but a good way to round out the team. I am really hoping that Pauline is fully healed from whatever injury she had because I want to see her get a beam medal. I just, I wish her beam was more appreciated. Like it is, she has a lot of medals, but it's just like she's so just like elegant and innovative. And her beam routine is just so different than a lot of what we see. So I would like to see that rewarded again. Yeah, she has just like super nice leaps. And as well, like the fact that she came up with the Schaefer, which is such a mind boggling skill and should be more highly rated because we don't see anyone else doing it. And that is so unique. Like I would rather see her do a Schaefer a bunch of times than anyone except maybe Kamova doing like a standing Arabian on beam or anyone else's standing full. It's just such a special skill. 
right? Like if you if you can watch it in super slow motion and still not figure out how it works, it needs to be rated higher. It does. <laughs> because I've watched it so many times, just like going as slow as possible, just trying to figure out how to do it. And I can't, I can't do it. So for Italy, um, they have a team of Angela Andrioli, the D'Amato twins, Martina Maggio, and Georgia Villa. This is a very strong team for them. They're definitely, I think they're probably the favorites for gold. Um, and they're, they're, there's just so many finals they could all make. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how Italy does. Um, I think this team is really an up-and-coming team. They'll definitely be a challenger at Worlds. Um, really hoping that Georgia Villa, Villa can stay healthy this season because I adore her gymnastics on every single event. It's just so fluid and powerful and graceful at the same time. She has all the qualities you're looking for. Um, and then I think another notable name here is Andreoli. Um, just because she has so much difficulty, it will be interesting to see um, how many of her skills and connections she's able to put together at this meet and how she scores intern in, um, internationally and seeing her consistency there. Um, and then other names I think we've seen internationally a lot before, the Diamato twins and Martina Maggio, who recently had a really good performance at an international meet. I can't remember the name of, but I loved her floor routine so much. So I'm super excited to see that out on the Euro stage. Yeah, everyone fell in love with Martina's floor routine. I also can't remember the meet it was at. <laughs> oh, Mediterranean Games. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> so that'll be a fun one to see again. And of course, Georgia Via, everyone pray prayer circle for her to stay healthy and not be broken again. Um, eat some Parmesan cheese in her honor. And for the Netherlands, we have um, Vera Van Paul, Sana Veerman, Tisha Valleman, Naomi Visser, and Shade Van Orscott, who I have not seen before. Sounds like an overall pretty good team to me. I don't pay like tons of attention to the Netherlands besides like typically the Weber's twins um, and Naomi Visser because I love Naomi's bar work. Um, but I think Vera Van Pol has made a lot of teams for the Netherlands. So um, it'll be interesting getting to see her out on the floor again. But um, yeah, we'll just have to see how the Netherlands fares with the rest of the teams there at Euros. Yeah, there's definitely a lack of like the, the bigger names like Athora and the Waivers twins. Um, still, I still want to know what happened between Vera Van Paul and Sonny Waivers because I know there's so much tea there. I just need to know, okay? So, I don't know. Sane, please post a tell-all. Sane, come on the podcast, please. <laughs> and I feel like the gym internet could use more drama. We There's really always the need for more discourse constantly. And I think if we were to get the juicy details about Sane and Vera, then it would definitely cause a lot of discourse between people. We need a new scandal. Please, Sane. If, you, if you're hearing this, please 
please come on the podcast. Speak your truth. And then for Romania, we will unfortunately not be seeing Mara at this meet. They're arresting her, but it's okay. Super disappointing. Loved her floor at Worlds. I know. So. Okay. We'll get to see it at Worlds. That's that's what we're hoping for. As long as she stays healthy and they don't break her, understandable. But other than that, we have Anna Barbosu, Antonia Duda, Andrea Preda, Sylvia Sapringu, Silviana Sapringu, and Ioana Stankulescu. So this is a good team for them. Like this could be a good team, but they could also fall 13 times on each event. But <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm really excited to see Anna Barbosu out there. Um, I really like the difficulty that she has in her bar set, especially. Um, I don't know a ton about this team, despite the constant propaganda I see on my Twitter timeline of all of them. So I will have to go back and rewatch some more of their routines. Um, but really hoping that they, like, at minimum make team finals and maybe even are in the top five here at Euros. Yeah. So I will definitely be rooting for them. This is a team that can definitely pull it together for, like, challenging for that top five. They just have to actually pull it together. <laughs> but I don't think they're going to top 13 qualify for Worlds. So at least I, they're not going to have a problem doing that. Um, that'll, be, that'll be a good thing for sure. But I really love all of their gymnastics. Um, even without the constant propaganda, I would still love all their gymnastics. It's just... It's just so nice to watch. And they're all so like, they're so fun on floor too. That's gonna be a really fun rotation to watch. Romania just always has such fluid gymnastics when it comes to their beam routines mm -hmm. and their floor routines are always very high energy. So I will be excited to watch that. And then for Great Britain, we have Georgia May Fenton, Alice Kinsella, Andine Achimpong and the Gatarova twins. So I'm really excited to see the Gatarovas back in action. It's been quite some time. Um, and I'm really hoping that Jen is back to like kind of her full health, like full stamina, because I know she was kind of still recovering from some stuff at the Olympics. So she like didn't have the same like kind of power on all the events. So I'm really excited to see her. And then we also saw the other three just at Commonwealth Games and they all had pretty good meets for like the most part. I know Kinsella had a few falls, but the gymnastics as a whole was good. So I think they're definitely going to have a very strong team here. Yeah, I'm super excited for um, Great Britain's team. I feel like Alice Kinsella, I kind of followed her gymnastics for a long time, but she was never really fully on my radar as like kind of a threat to really like push Great Britain into medal contenders. And then in Tokyo, when she just completely pulled it together in team finals after having a super rough qualifications, I was just so proud of her. Like, I love seeing gymnasts who really struggle one day be able to kind of pull it together the next day, like Jade did in the floor finals after balking on her vault. And then I love the Gatarova twins. Um, I really hope that we see Jennifer in good shape. I remember seeing her at 2020 American Cup and just falling in love with the amplitude of her gymnastics and how expressive she is in her choreography. So hopefully we're able to see some really nice floor and beam routines from her. And obviously Jessica has been a super consistent 
competitor. So I'm excited to see, to see her back out on the floor. Yeah, I was actually at um, American Cup 2020 and just seeing her beam dismount live and her syllabus live, like I was right in that corner where they were and I was like, the world stopped. It was insane. And I just wanna see that again. Yeah, and their leaps too, like the, the leaps yeah. get so much height. I remember like, I think it was Jen's just like standing split full jump in Tokyo. And I like took a screenshot and I'm like, her hips are getting like one to two feet higher than just like her normal standing height. Like this is so amazing. Right. So I'm I, excited to watch those. I was gonna mention her standing split full too, because like I've never seen just like a random regular old like C jump be that impressive. So that's about all we have for elite. And then for NCAA, the um, new UCLA coaches have finally arrived at UCLA. And I think we just need to kind of talk about everything going on there, how we think they're gonna do next season, just what this whole new era is going to be like. Yeah, so I personally, I'm really excited for this new era of UCLA gymnastics. Um, I think kind of having a fresh start is going to be a really good thing for the team overall. Um, I haven't personally met the new coaches yet, although I do plan to at some point, but I've kind of seen them walking around campus because there, there have been lots of camps happening at UCLA that they've been coaching. Um, but yeah, I think Janelle has a lot of super positive energy as a coach. You could see it when she was coaching Cal on bars, just always cheering for her athletes and being there for them. And we saw the athletes being so supportive of her when she left Cal. Um, so super excited to see her as head coach. Um, and yeah, the rest of the coaching staff, we have BJ who was promoted from volunteer to one of the assistant coaches. Um, super excited to see her back. I love her choreography and the energy that she has with the team. She's just a super nice person as well. Um, and then the other two coaches, I don't recall their names, but I believe they came from the JO world. So we really have a super fresh coaching staff here with not tons of experience coaching NCAA, um, but I do know that the new coaches who, the two new ones, I can't remember their names, um, have produced a lot of really good athletes. Um, so one thing I'm really hoping to see this year is vault difficulty stepped up because we have the potential for that on the team. Um, and obviously like floor landings and stamina and also really um, keeping the team healthy this year. Less injuries would be fantastic. Yeah, the new coaches are Kyle and Autumn Grable. They come from JPAC, which is a pretty notable JO gym, um, which that really excites me because I know one of them is going to be the vault coach. I forget which one, I think it's Kyle. Um, but since they're from the JO world, they have a lot of experience with developing gymnasts and kind of teaching and perfecting new skills. 
So I think that'll be really good for UCLA and upgrading those vaults and getting out of the deficit they always have there. Also, I just, I know Mars is trolling us, but I just, I need her to either announce her retirement or she's taking a fifth year because I can't take the suspense. Like she posts yeah. a random gymnastics video like every three days and I'm like, are you gonna say something? Like I don't. No, I would like love for her to come back, obviously, if it's something that she thinks is going to make her happy. Like I know how much she genuinely loves the sport of gymnastics and she loves performing and being on the stage in front of everyone. Um, so I don't know if we'll see her again, if we'll see her at UCLA, but definitely would just like love to know if she's continuing or not. Yeah, I just, I really want her to because just like, I need to see her floor again. I wasn't ready for it to be over to not get to see it at all last season. And I know it's definitely like a hard choice for her just because last season was not a good experience. Um, but at the same time, I'm sure she didn't want her career to end like that either. So that's why I'm like, that's why I still have hope. But Yeah, the foot injury and obviously everything else that happened on the team, um, just such as the gaslighting and the various racial incidents that happened um, within the coaching staff was really, really hard to watch. And especially as uh, like kind of a student on campus who was at the meets, like you could see some of the tension there between a couple of the athletes and kind of like the rest of the team and coaches. And so I'm really hoping this year that Janelle and the coaching staff will really get to know their athletes and be able to kind of like mend whatever like differences were happening um, and like difficulties between coaches and athletes. But yeah, it was really heartbreaking to see like Mars with the foot injury and constantly working to recover, but never quite being able to fully get back into shape and the health needed to compete. Yeah, for sure. So now I want to talk about a third league of gymnastics that a lot of people don't really know about, club gymnastics. It's through NAIGC, which I believe is through AAU, right? I believe so. Yeah. So this is a way that people in college who um, don't want to do NCAA or like have, don't have that like skill level or even like haven't done gymnastics ever before um, what can still do gymnastics in college at a more, a less intense way. Yeah, so um, I personally am part of UCLA Club Gymnastics and I joined it my freshman year when I got onto campus. But just to talk a little bit more about club gymnastics as a whole. So the NIGC is kind of like the governing body of college club gymnastics and they host a nationals meet every year and your team can host meets every year um, under the NAIGC. And they have a bunch of different levels from, I know for men's, they have developmental, which is like people who have never really done gymnastics before or at, or at a very basic level. They're able to put together routines and still be able to compete. Um, then there's level nine, 
And then there is NCA modified, which is where they take the NCA rules. And um, <clears throat> I think they make the dismount requirement just slightly easier. Um, and they have the same thing for women's. They have like developmental and then I think six, seven, eight, and nine. Um, I don't remember exactly, but. <clears throat> like dogs are attacking each other. Jack, shut up, no one likes you. Um, but yeah, I was involved in kind of helping to start a club team at my old school. So I can speak a little bit on the women's side. They do also have a developmental and then it's six, seven, eight, nine. Um, nine is the highest, but I think they do like modify it a little bit just for people who have the higher difficulties. And then they use the same JO code for all of those levels. Yeah, and then they just added TNT. Um, and you can also compete decathlon, which is where you compete all six mag events and all four WAG events. So people who do that end up competing 10 um, 10 total routines, which is really, really impressive. But one of the things I love so much about the NAIGC is how inclusive it is. So if you identify as a man, you can compete all of the women's events um, and you can like really compete whatever you want to. There's like no rules or restrictions regarding gender as far as what you can compete. Um, and the NAIGC really, really values diversity, um, especially among the staff as well. Um, so it's really great to see the NAIGC pushing for inclusivity within the sport. Um, but yeah, I personally have had an amazing time being part of club gymnastics because I came from the JO world, um, competed in gymnastics for JO for about 10 years or so and then really burnt out at the end and didn't want to pursue um, any NCAA opportunities and then came to UCLA thinking I would never do gymnastics again and then kind of found club gymnastics on campus and was like, well, I probably have some things in common with people here um, and found like my main social group on campus as well as got to work out and keep up with some of my skills and even compete and travel. So. It really has been an amazing opportunity being a part of club gymnastics. Yeah, it's definitely a really cool opportunity, and it's something that um, I like. I wish that um, they had that I was still able to participate in. Um, but I do think they are kind of expanding their adult gymnastics um, opportunities. There's more ways since more gyms are having adult gymnastics classes and teams, those are also allowed to participate in NAIGC through AAU. Um, Chelsea, at Chelsea Memo's Chelsea Classic Meet, there will be an adult gymnastics session run through that. Um, but I just think it's a good thing to talk about just because a lot of people don't know about it. And especially for people on a gym tournament, even if you've never done gymnastics, you can still join and you can still participate in it and compete. So if you didn't know about that, I would definitely take a look into it, see if they have it at your school or at schools you guys are looking for. And then, yeah, definitely. It's, it shouldn't be too hard to find either if you look through like club sports or the different clubs at your schools and you're looking for gymnastic schools or even on the NC or the NAIGC website, you may be able to find your school. So I know a lot of 
the gym internet is like high school, college aged. Um, so just be on the lookout for that if you want to get into doing gymnastics yourself. All right, and then I'm gonna leave you with my final question. If you could unretire one gymnast, only one, who would you unretire? Oh, that is such a good question. Um, I would definitely unretire Kohei. Yeah, very understandable. Moshi, be quiet. I'm almost done. Um, he just, I wish he was able to end on a better note. Um, it was so heartbreaking in Tokyo. I remember everyone just being gutted after qualifications. Yeah, but he will always be the GOAT. So this is about to end on me, I think. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, make sure to like, subscribe, follow, download, eat a Pop-Tart, um, tell my dog Jax that he sucks, and leave a five-star review if I didn't say that already. And even if I did, that means do it twice. Okay, bye. <laughs>